What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Back Row Redskins Show, and this is your host, Manny. Let's get it. Today's episode is presented to you by Sweat Connected. Sweat Connected is an informative way to work out. Sweat Connected has a mission to help you feel your best. Each expert instructor brings their signature method directly to you, wherever you are in the world, via Zoom. When you have a Sweat Connected class, you are able to interact with your instructor and the other participants in the class, just like you would in a live studio experience. Whether you've been in a fitness group participant for years or a newer, you will feel at home with Sweat Connected. Sweat Connected is exclusively offering my listeners 50% off their first class by going to www.com sweatconnected.com. Use code POT. It's code P-O-D at sweatconnected.com for 50% off your first class. What's good, everybody, man? I'm excited to be here with you guys today to dive into this episode. So we just played the New York Giants, and it was a game that I felt that we were going to win. We lost the game 23 to 20. We fell short. Um, we try to make a comeback, but it was a little bit too late. I do not understand why we always start off bad. You know, um, the first half, we always start off slow. Then we pick up steam in the second half, and we seem to be one of the best teams to stop teams from scoring in the second half. But that first half defense is just never really good. Is it because the offense is so bad, which makes the defense so bad? I don't know. But on this particular episode, we're going to dive into this Giants game. We're going to dissect the things that went right, the things that went wrong, the things that we can build on. We are also going to talk about the future. Are we getting a new quarterback via draft or free agency? We are also going to dive into um, Dwayne Haskins uh, being criticized by Daryl Green saying that, hey, he felt that Dwayne Haskins was uh, cocky. We're going to talk about Ron Rivera and the linebacking core. So, so much more to talk about. I hope you guys really enjoy this episode. Let's get started. So the Washington football team fall to the New York Giants 23 to 20. Tough loss, tough loss. Um, it all started with uh, Antonio Gibson fumble early, early in the game, in the first quarter. And it just seemed like it just turned the whole game around because it seemed like Washington was, you know, moving the ball and trying to do something. It just seemed like we were going to finally score in the first quarter and, you know, take a lead and, you know, so it goes Giants turnover on downs, then Washington fumbles, then Giants field goal. They go up 3-0. Washington punts the ball. Giants punt the ball. Washington, I mean, uh, the Giants score a touchdown. It's 10-0. Then Washington kicks a field goal. That's the end of the first quarter. Heading into the second quarter, Giants kick a field goal. We punt the ball. Giants score again. And at this point, it is 20-3. And, I mean, the game is just running away from us. Uh, Washington throws an interception. End of the half. Terrible. So, end of the half, we're down 20-3. to I mean, how many 17-point games are we going to come back from this season? Although we haven't won a lot of games. But it just seems like the team goes down early. And then they expect the defense to do something and bring them back. Yes, sometimes it is a defense's fault, but at the same time, man, we, we got to play better. 
So third quarter, Antonio Gibson runs for a one-yard touchdown. It's 20 to 10. Giants kick a field goal. It's 23 to 10. Washington kicks a field goal, and now it's 23 to 13 at the end of the third quarter. Heading into the fourth quarter, the Giants punt the ball. Washington scores a touchdown. It was a strike to Terry McLaurin. Uh, Alex Smith put the ball to where only Terry can can catch it. I don't know how he caught the ball over three guys, and then he was able to sprint for that touchdown. So Terry McLaurin is doing his thing. He is the NFL's leader in yak. Uh, yak is yards after the catch, for anybody who doesn't know. Um, so the next possession or the next, uh, uh, um, I guess, yeah, the next possession for the Giants, they punt the ball. Then um, Washington football team throws an, throws an interception with uh, with the game on the line, okay? It was nuts. And then the Giants get the ball. They pump the ball. And then Washington gets the ball again for a, a, a chance to either tie the game or win the game. And Alex Smith throws an interception, and it was bad. It was ugly. Um, so let's talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly from this game. Um, the Giants didn't do anything special. Washington had five turnovers, three interceptions by Alex Smith, a fumble by Antonio Gibson, and also a muffed punt uh, by Isaiah Wright. I think the sun was in his eyes, but it's still not an excuse. These are trained professionals. And you cannot have special teams mess ups. Like, I mean, five turnovers, and then we didn't get a turnover ourselves. So we lost a turnover battle. You cannot win a football game with five turnovers. If it was two turnovers, maybe we win this game by seven. Maybe we win this game by 10. But for the fact that we turned over the ball and gave these guys a short field, um, they just took it to their advantage. Uh, Daniel Jones has always beaten the Washington football team ever since he's been in the league. Daniel Jones owns the Washington football team. Daniel Jones, I mean, he's not the reason why they're winning all these games, but hey, it just is what it is. Daniel Jones has not lost a game to the Washington football team or the Redskins. Wayne Gallman had 14 carries for 68 yards and a score. Alfred Morris had nine carries for 67 yards. It was very painful watching Alfred Morris average 7.4 yards a carry on the team. Um, Outside of those guys, nobody else really ran uh, the ball effectively. But between Gallman and Morris, that's a lot of yards right there. That's over 120 yards. Then Austin Mack had 72 yards receiving. Evan Ingram had five receptions for 48 yards. A lot of people are knocking Evan Ingram, even in the fantasy world. People are telling me, oh, Evan Ingram is not good or Evan Ingram is this or that. I will take Evan Ingram as a tight end on the Washington football team. It just is what it is. Sterling Shepard had six receptions for 39 yards. Other than that, nobody else really had any yards really in the passing game for the Giants. Then we look at what they what they did uh, fumble-wise. Daniel Jones fumbled two times, but he didn't lose any of them. I mean, that's frustrating right there. You would expect Daniel Jones to be a guy who fumbles, loses the fumble, or throws an interception. Daniel Jones was perfect. He did not give the ball away not one time. Logan Ryan, a guy that I wanted, forced the fumble. Jabril Peppers uh, recovered a fumble, and Madre Harper recovered a fumble for the Giants. You look at the interceptions. Logan Ryan had one. Um, Blake Martinez had one. 
and Jabril Peppers had one. So, you know, Blake Martinez is a guy, when the Giants got him, I thought he was overrated, but man, the guy has been amazing this season. Logan Ryan was a guy I wanted on the Washington football team. I felt like he would have been a perfect uh, uh, free safety for us, but you know, the politics with it all, Logan Ryan is a corner that can't play outside, blah, blah, blah. Logan Ryan is a football player. I don't care what his position says. The guy is a baller. Uh, he brings it. Uh, Leonard Williams is another guy that they traded for at the trade deadline, and they was able to uh, extend him. Leonard Williams is a nice player. I mean, the Giants have a really, really good defense. Between Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, and uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, those are three nice guys inside. Um they have some talent there. You got Julian Love out there. Uh, I mean, they got so many guys on defense, and this is up-and-coming defense. And don't forget their big money guy, um, James Bradbury. Now, he did get killed. He did get killed uh, on um, on that touchdown pass by, by, um, by Alex Smith to Terry McLaurin. I will say that. But for the most part, Bradbury has played well all season long. Their special teams were stellar. Graham Gano went three for three from the uh, field goal range. And, you know, field goals are something huge. I just got done watching this Titans game, and Gadakowski's out here missing field goals. A lot of people are mad at Dustin Hopkins, but Gadakowski has missed eight field goals. It just is what it is. You have to appreciate what you have. Dustin Hopkins might not be the best field goal kicker, but I tell you this, he's not the worst. Out of everybody who's left out there in free agency, you cannot find a better kicker. Maybe kicker is something that we try to improve in the offseason. But to be honest, I like Dustin Hopkins. I think he is decent. But anyways, let's get on into what the Washington football team did on the field. So Alex Smith came in, threw the ball 32 times, completed 24 of those, and um, you know, it was a it was a game where Alex Smith had to come in because Kyle Allen had a bad injury. Um, I mean, it looked bad. It looked bad. Uh, ankle dislocation, fracture. Um, he's having surgery in a few days. I think maybe tomorrow. I'm not sure. But he's having surgery soon. So prayers up for Kyle Allen and his family. I pray that he recovers and he rejoins the team next year. But I really see Kyle Allen as a QB2 for us. Um, I see Dwayne Haskins as a QB2. So we have two QB2s. But to be honest, I feel that Dwayne Haskins should be playing over Alex Smith. But we're going to get into that. So Alex Smith passed the ball 24 times for 325 yards and one touchdown. If you take away the interceptions, I would say this is the best game that Alex Smith has had as a Washington football team quarterback slash Redskins quarterback. Um, I got to see Alex Smith throw the ball this game. It felt like two years ago when he got here, he just felt like a guy. I call him a check down Charlie. He's a guy that checks down the ball. And he, he He's afraid to throw the ball. He's afraid to make mistakes. But in this game, he had to throw the ball. He he was aggressive in that sense, but he wasn't accurate. He was um, there was times when Cam Sims was open. And he wasn't finding him. Uh, there were some throws that he couldn't make. When he gets out the pocket, he just looked unsure. Um, and it, you can you can look at it as the Washington football team's offensive line is not that good. Or you can look at it as Alex Smith is just not what he used to be. 
You know, he's an accurate quarterback for the most part. He does not take chances. He, he does not make mistakes, but he made a lot of mistakes in this game. And Coach Ron Rivera has said that Alex Smith is going to start this week versus the Detroit Lions. We're going to dive into the Detroit Lions and Redskins preview in a minute. But uh, Antonio Gibson ran the ball six times for 20 yards and a score. McKissick, three carries for 17 yards. So nine carries. So the entire game, the Washington football team ran the ball nine times. Just let that sink in. They were able to pass the ball 39 times, but they ran the ball nine times. Is that Scott Turner? Is it that we were losing the entire game, that we don't want to run the ball? Could we have established a run at the beginning? Well, Antonio Gibson does fumble. So it's a lot of things to factor in. And for those of us who play fantasy football, can you really trust Antonio Gibson moving forward? Do you trust J.D. McKissick more? We're going to be playing the Detroit Lions, who are the worst when it comes to defending the running backs. So, um, yeah, so that's that. I mean, that's that with the fantasy football for those of us who play it. But Terry McLaurin had seven receptions for 115 yards. You got to be proud of what Terry is bringing to the table. He's becoming unguardable. He's becoming a guy that's making plays regardless of how bad his quarterback play has been for his first two years. He reminds me of Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson has been in the league, and Allen Robinson has played with Blake Bortles, Nick Foles, and Terry, Terry Trubisky. Three trash quarterbacks. I don't care what anybody has to tell me about Nick Foles winning the Super Bowl. Nick Foles is not a good quarterback. But anyways, this is a Redskins podcast, a Washington football team podcast. So we'll get back to that. So Cam Sims had his first 100-yard game. Um, he was able to um, catch three passes for 110 yards. That's huge. He was targeted four times, caught three passes for 110 yards. That means he had some big gainers. Yes, he had two big gainers in a decent game, and um, he had a phenomenal game. Uh, I think Cam Sims has a chance to solidify himself as the number two uh, wide receiver for the Washington football team. It's up for grabs. Who is it going to be? Is it going to be Cam Sims? Is it going to be uh, uh, Sims Jr.? Is it going to be uh, Isaiah Wright? It is wide open for anybody who's willing to grab that because next year is going to be a lot of changes in that wide receiver group. What happens with Kevin Harmon? Does Harmon come back? Does Sims take a bigger role? Sims Jr., does Cam Sims take somebody's spot? I mean, there's so much to talk about with this wide receiving group. J.D. McKissick was targeted 14 times. He caught nine passes for 65 yards. I expect J.D. McKissick to continue to be Alex Smith's uh, check down, to be his safety valve. For some reason, Alex Smith does not trust Logan Thomas. There's, there, there has not been a connection there. Logan Thomas has been up and down this season. He's been decent. He's been decent. He's been better than what I thought he was going to be. But at the same time, um, we need more weapons um, either we need more weapons or we need better play calling. Maybe we need to get the ball out of Alex Smith's hands quicker. Maybe we get some some more wide receiver screens. And you see that they're throwing Terry McLaurin a lot of wide receiver screens and letting him um, do what he does because he is a yak king right now in the NFL. And I believe that Terry is top five or top six in yards in the NFL. So that's pretty exciting. 
That's pretty exciting stuff right there. And Tony Gibson caught three passes for 35 yards. Isaiah Wright, three for 30. Logan Thomas, three for 28. Steven Sims Jr., one for four. Now we get to the fumbles and the turnovers and things of that nature. So Isaiah Wright fumbled two times and lost one. This is how you lose playing time. Literally. <laughs> Antonio Gibson fumbled one time, lost a fumble. Uh, the Shazer Everett forced a fumble. So that's good. That's good. Um, we get to interceptions. Um, we didn't get any. And it's, and it's sad. It's sad because Daniel Jones is the gift that keeps giving, and we were not able to capitalize on that. The Shazer Everett led us in tackles, but the Shazer Everett and Cam Carl, when it comes to playing in the passing game, they both played terribly when it comes to coverage. But Cam Carl, um, overall tackles, he led us uh, both in uh, assisted tackles and to- you know and um, solo tackles. So he had 11 tackles. He had a sack. He had a tackle for loss. So that was big. He was, you know, he did decent with tackling and things of that nature. But when it came to coverage, I mean, he was just lost. He was lost. And, I mean, it is what it is. Everybody wanted Landon Collins to be replaced. Everybody wanted Troy Ackby to be replaced. They have been replaced, and the coverage has gotten worse. It just is what it is. The corners played well. You can't blame the corners. The corners have been probably the strongest group this year outside of the defensive line. The linebacking core needs work. Ron Rivera has called these guys out. He wants them to be aggressive. Um, Cole Holcomb plays hard, but he needs to take his game to a whole nother level. You see these guys like KPL and Bostic, they got to do more. They got to do more. Sean Deion Hamilton, you know, I was thinking that our linebacking core was going to be decent, but they've been they've been piss poor. They've been piss poor. Um, we did get to the quarterback a lot. We did sack the quarterback a lot. Cam Carl had one. Uh, Jonathan Allen had a half a sack. Tim Settle had a sack. Penguin dance. Um, Chase Young had a sack and Kerrigan had half a sack. So when you're looking at this right here, we had five sacks. And it seems like the number that produces wins for the Washington football team is six sacks or more. Versus the Cowboys, we had six sacks, we won the game. Versus the Eagles, we had eight sacks and we won the game. So it seems like the magic number is six. Maybe if we get six sacks on Sunday versus Matthew Stafford and the Detroit Lions, we win the game. So keep an eye out on that. Five sacks should have been enough to win this game, but because of our turnovers, we were not able to, to win the game. So it seems like five or six sacks seems to be the number that helps us get the win. I'm not saying there's going to be a guaranteed win when that happens, but it does help. It does help. Um, Danny Johnson returned kickoffs. I'm glad that he was doing that. Uh, Sims Jr. returned a punt. I still don't like Steve. Well, at this point, Steven Sims Jr. is no longer our second best wide receiver. At the beginning of the season, that was the case. At this point, that second best wide receiver is up for grabs. Let's see what AGG does when he comes back healthy. Bryce Love is practicing again. So that's good. That's 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 good news. But I got to see something out of Bryce Love this year or sorry to say it. I think we move on from Bryce Love. Bryce Love might not be it. If he cannot stay healthy. I mean, it's going on two years and the guy is taking zero snaps as an NFL player. Something has to give. 
it's either he plays or he gets cut. So we'll see what happens with Bryce Love. Um, Moving on to the Lions. The Lions present uh, a team that can pass the ball. That's your strength. You know, Adrian Peterson went to the Lions. He was talking trash, saying, hey, Washington football team, let me go. This and this and that. But how I'm looking at it is it's going to be a revenge game, but it's going to be a mean 60 yards. I don't see Adrian Peterson doing anything more than a mean 60 yards. He's going to have a couple runs that go for 10 yards or more, and it's going to go. We're going to go, wow, we let this guy go. Keeping Peyton Barber over Adrian Peterson, that was a huge mistake. I felt like I felt that Adrian Peterson, yes, he would have taken away from Antonio uh, uh, Gibson and even McKissick. And then Bryce Love not being healthy, it just made me even think, why did we get rid of him? He could have definitely been there in the running back room. And Antonio Gibson would have gotten to learn more from Adrian Peterson. But it just, you know what? It just is what it is. Um even with his role on the Lions, it's a three-headed monster out there with Adrian Peterson, uh, DeAndre Swift, and Carrion Johnson. So they carry three running backs. They play three running backs, and that's what it would have been in D.C. But for some reason, the coaching staff just did not want Adrian Peterson on the team. So Matthew Stafford, um, he's had COVID. He's been around somebody who 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 has COVID. Um, he you know he got to play last week, and then he's dealing with injuries. So it's just so much swirling around the Detroit Lions. Kenny Galladay is out most likely. Um, he's questionable, but he's most likely going to be out. He was out last week, and I expect for him to be out this week. Um, T.J. Hawkinson. He didn't practice today. He had a toe injury that he's dealing with. He practiced yesterday, but didn't practice today. So that's a huge name to keep an eye on, because if there's no Kenny Galladay and there's no TJ Hawkinson, well, now you got Amendola, Quintus, Asifus, a rookie, and then you have um, Marvin Jones. You know, that might not be the best group, but guess what? We haven't been the best team either, so... <laughs> Even with the group being poor, they can still have success against the football team. Also, uh, the Lions defense has not been good all season. So this gives us an opportunity to put some things together on offense. Like I mentioned earlier, the Lions defense is terrible against the run. So look for a guy like Antonio Gibson to have a chance to actually run the ball. But we're not going to run the ball if we're losing. So look for J.D. McKissick to catch a lot of passes. I see him being targeted up to 10 times and catching about eight uh, receptions for about 60 yards. You know, his receptions don't go for don't go for much it's usually like a catch for five yards a catch for four yards dink and dunk so I do look for Terry McLaurin to go against his old college teammate Jeffrey Okuda Jeffrey Okuda to me was the best cornerback in this year's draft Terry McLaurin is one of the best receivers in all of football Terry McLaurin to me is a top 10 maybe top seven wide receiver in the NFL right now and he's doing this, like I said, with poor quarterback play. Terry McLaurin has a chance to catch 100 balls this year, 1,400 yards receiving, and he's on pace for about five or six touchdowns. I would love for him to be around seven to nine touchdowns, but let's see what happens. Um, this year, we're not – okay, we're trying to win games while we're trying to develop young guys. It's hard to do both. Coach Ron Rivera needs to think. Does he want to develop the players or does he want to win games? If you're developing players, let the young guys play. 
Let Haskins play. Haskins has to play these last four games. That's just how I see it. He has to play. Then you want to know if you want to keep him around. Even though he might not be a franchise quarterback material right now or might not even be a starter uh, uh, for the team, but he offers, you know, like a backup quarterback position, like maybe a QB2. But then, you know, you got Kyle Allen. I think Kyle Allen might be under contract for one more year. So there's just a lot of question marks when it comes to our quarterbacks. Um, but, yeah, let's see what happens this game. Haskins is the number two quarterback for this game. So if, if Alex Smith does go down with injury for whatever the reason may be, then you're going to see Dwayne Haskins. And then you might see the undrafted guy, Montez, as well. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, the keys to the game. I think that the linebackers have to step up. Jonathan Allen and De'Aaron Payne have to step up in the middle. I think it starts with those two guys. If those two guys play well, then Chase Young is not being triple teamed like he was versus the Giants. He's not being double teamed. The sack numbers haven't been there, but the Chase Young factor has been there. We are one of the top teams when it comes to overall sacks in the NFL. So I'm looking forward to a good showing from this defense. I mean, especially if TJ Hawkinson is out, we really have to step up and smash these guys in the mouth. Um, Offensively, I don't know what we do. I'm hoping at least we score at least twice. Maybe we get a couple field goals. Uh, 20 to 17 should do it. Uh, 20 points should do it. Um, But can we keep these guys under 17 points? It's going to boil down to can we run the ball in the beginning of the first quarter? If we can run the ball, we can control the clock. If we can control the clock, the defense gets rest. If we can move the ball, we can flip the field. So if we say, let's say we move the ball and we get to the 40, we can punt the ball. We have one of the best punters in all of football. We can punt the ball and pin those guys in their own 10. And have them have to go 90 yards. So those are some of the things I'm looking at. Special teams has to be special. We have to have positive yards on the return game. We have to punt the ball into inside the 20, inside the 10. You know, we have to create pressure from our defensive tackles. We have to be aggressive. The linebackers have to play mean. They have to play with passion and aggression. They got to play nasty. They got to hit people in the mouth. When Amendola comes through the middle, hit him in the mouth. These are things that I'm looking for in this game. And then who is going to step up outside of Terry McLaurin? Terry McLaurin is going to do his thing. Jeffrey Okuda is going to have his hands full. Now, Jeffrey Okuda is not no slump. It's not no slouch. Jeffrey Okuda could play, but I- I'm just saying that Terry's Terry's a dog. Terry's one of them guys that can. He's almost matchup proof now. He's going up against some of the best corners, and he's doing his thing. He is doing his thing. Um, he's had multiple 100-yard games. I mean, he's getting targets. He's doing well with his targets. He just needs more help on the other side to free him up more. There's, there are times when he's double-teamed. There's times that you have to throw wide receiver screens to Terry to get him the ball. There are times that you have to move him uh, in as a slot wide receiver, just to kind of move him around and get him the ball in space, get him the ball in slants. Terry's a guy that can go deep. Um, There was a comparison for Terry. Somebody said that Terry McLaurin reminds them of Pierre Garçon and Deshaun Jackson put together, but not Deshaun Jackson type speed, which makes sense. Terry is fast, but he's not Deshaun Jackson fast, fast. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, Terry's doing his thing. Now we'll see what happens. Um, I expect the game to be close. I expect us to come out with a three-point win. Um, I hope we win this game. 
But at the same time, my ultimate goal is to develop these players, get these players some minutes, uh, get these players some snaps. Let's see what we have. Um, also, there were some uh, reports that Daryl Green said that uh, Dwayne Haskins came off as cocky or arrogant. Um, I did see that out of Dwayne Haskins, actually, especially during the draft, you know, when the Giants selected Daniel Jones and he just had that little disgust in his face. Um, he's a guy that has recorded pretty much all of his offseason workouts and has his own camera guy and, you know, drives a Bentley. Right. He just does all these different things. and It doesn't bother me. I prefer a quarterback that is confident than a quarterback that is not. Um, now, he's not Baker Mayfield type cocky. But yeah, he's cocky. I, I would say Dwayne Haskins is more confident than cocky. But um, he's a guy that believes in his talent. He believes in himself. Um, he got the raw end of the stick. Um, it just is what it is. Um, he just hasn't panned out like we would have wanted to as fans. But there's hope for the guy. I do think that he plays two to four more games to close out the year. Um, if we make the playoffs... Are we willing to go play Seattle or Green Bay and lose 30 to 7? Because that's what it's going to be. I mean, <laughs> making the playoffs would be good. But at the same time, we don't deserve to be in the playoffs. So if the Washington football team makes the playoffs, that means uh, the Giants, the Eagles, and the Cowboys get better picks than Washington. But then you can't control picks and who lands where and who gets what. There's possibly there's a possibility that the Dallas Cowboys finish in the top three in draft position and draft a quarterback. If they draft a quarterback, what happens to Dak Prescott? I'm asking you, Washington football team, are you guys willing to accept Dak Prescott? I know I am. We have been starving for a quarterback. We don't draft well and we don't develop well. So why not get a guy like Dak Prescott? Yes, he's going to cost a lot of money. But is he worth the money? I think so. And Dak Prescott to Terry McLaurin would be nasty. Then you want to look at the quarterbacks coming out the draft. You have Trask out of Florida. You have Zach Wilson from BYU, my personal favorite. You have Fields from Ohio State. You got Trevor Lawrence, who I don't think the Skins have a chance at Trevor Lawrence or Fields. You got to have the top two pick to get one of those guys. So realistically, you're looking at a guy like Trey Lance or or um, Zach Wilson. I got to look more into Trey Lance before I give my assessment on him. But yeah, we're going to have some uh, some episodes where we dissect um, future prospects, you know, there's a scenario where Washington football team go and look at a free agent quarterback. I do not want Cam Newton in D.C. Um, there are other quarterbacks out there. There's Matt Ryan out there. There's guys like um, uh, there's so many guys. Matthew Stafford, I've heard, could potentially be a free agent. I mean, there's so many guys out there. Um, Jameis Winston, uh, Sam Darnold. There's going to be some guys that are available, but it's like, does the Washington football team take a guy in the second, third round and then develop over a course of time and run with Kyle Allen and whatever veteran we bring in? So there's questions. There's questions. Do, you do, do Does the team trade Dwayne Haskins before the draft? I mean, this can go so many different ways because it seems like Dwayne Haskins is not the guy that Ron Rivera likes. It just is what it is. Ron Rivera is going to get his kinds of guys. He likes Kyle Allen. He talks about uh, Cam Newton like a son. I don't want Cam Newton here in D.C. That's just me. Um, 
But anyways, there's a scenario where the Washington football team could draft a middle linebacker like Micah Parsons from Parsons from um, Penn State. There's a possibility that somehow we luck up and get Panay Sewell from Oregon, left tackle, look him up. There's so many guys that we can get. There's so many holes that we have. So it's not a lock that we take a quarterback. It's going to be very intriguing to see what we do. You know, free agency comes first, then the draft. That's the crazy thing. It should be the draft, then free agency. I think if you draft first, then you'll know what you're spending on in free agency. So I think we're going to attack some wide receivers. I put up a post on Twitter and um, it was blowing up today. Um, wide receivers like Chris Godwin, uh, wide receivers like T.Y. Hilton and Kenny Galladay. And um, who's the other one? Juju Smith-Schuster. And I mean, it's so many top tier guys that are available. It's all going to be about what does the Washington football team want to do? Do they want to spend 80 to 100 million on one of these guys? Do you want to give one of these guys maybe a three year deal? Because in the next two years, after two years, you got to pay Terry. So you got to kind of stagger the contracts. You got to get you a vet. And then once your 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 young uh, draft pick gets to that point to where it's time to get paid, then you can pay them the big dollars. Terry's going to get big dollars when it's time for him to get paid. You know, so as of right now, we're looking at guys like Kenny Galladay and Godwin. Do you pay one of those guys a three or four year deal? Or you stagger it to where, you know, those guys become expendable, tradable, kind of like what the Dallas Cowboys have done with Amari Cooper. They were able to get Amari Cooper for $100 million, five years. I think the last two years are funny money. And then they were able to draft a guy like CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb, in the next four years, they might even fifth-year option him. So they got him at a controlled cost for five years. And then you got a guy like Michael Gallup, who was more than capable. And I think he has like two years left on his deal. So there are ways to build a team where you have two really good wide receivers. That seems to be what teams are doing. Look at Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Keenan Allen has gotten his money. Now Mike Williams has uh, the fifth-year option. Um, so, and then you look at a team like, um, the Browns, they did it wrong. You know, you, you bring in a big time free agent in Jarvis Landry and another big time free agent in Odell Beckham Jr. You can't be paying your wide receiver core or your wide receiving group that kind of money, even if it's two of the best. Another example of how to do it the right way. You have Julio Jones. Then you drafted a young stud in Calvin Ridley. I believe that Calvin Ridley is going into his third year. And since Calvin Ridley was a first round pick, he will be fifth year option. So now you have two of the best receivers in the league in Julio and Calvin Ridley. As Julio gets old, he becomes expendable. And then you pay Calvin Ridley. (laughs) The Bengals have done it. You got A.J. Green. He's on his last leg. He's going to be leaving. And then the the, the torch is going to be passed to Tyler Boyd, who they paid. I think it was like a four year, 40 million dollars. I mean, that's ten dollars. I mean, ten million dollars a year for a guy like Tyler Boyd. That's pretty awesome. So that has to be how you approach. You got to get you a vet and then you have a young guy. A vet and a young guy. You don't get two vets and pay them over 
14, 15 million dollars a year. It just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. You can't spend all your money on the wide receivers or all your money on the running backs. Running backs, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb. So you got to have two. And I expect us to bring in a veteran piece to match with uh, Gibson. I'm, I don't see us drafting another running back. We might just sign one to compliment. We need a tough guy that can run through the middle. There's going to be plenty of running back options. Guys like Marlon Mack coming off an of injury. It's going to be tons of running backs to choose from. So I'm excited for next season. This season, I've lost all hope. I've given up hope, um, you know. It's hard to do these podcasts. It's really hard. But I appreciate you guys for always listening, always supporting, man. We're going to get through this season. We're going to get to this off season, And then we can get to the real season, which is next year. After a certain point in a season, you just know if you got it or you, or you don't. We are two and six, okay? There's nothing to get excited about. If we win our last eight games, we'll be 10 and six. I don't see that happening. In these last eight games, realistically, we might go four and four, to be honest. And four and four gets us a six and ten record, and that might be enough <laughs> to win this sorry division. I think seven games really does it, but we'll see what happens. I don't know how we get five games out of the last eight. Detroit is winnable, but we suck. The Bengals are winnable, but we suck. So we can't put all of our hope into these games that seem easy the Dallas Cowboys are going to play us tough coming up so we'll see what happens then we got teams like Pittsburgh Steelers I mean it's going to get we're going to go through a stretch where it's going to be nasty and then we finish up with the